Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Enjoy listening and watching as addiction experts Mark Sheeran and I cover controversial as well as helpful topics on addiction, how to move past it, and other related subjects. As two of the co-founders of the Freedom Model, Mark and I will give you a completely new perspective on the topics that matter to you. We will take to task the Recovery Society's lies and misinformation and replace them with facts, research, and the methods to move on from addiction struggles without 12-step meetings, rehabs, and the shackles of endless recovery. Let's escape the treatment and recovery trap together and learn to be free. Welcome to the truth. It's time for you and those you love to step off the addiction roller coaster for good and learn a solution that works. It's called Move Past Addiction Masterclass, and it's a free one hour live online class where you'll hear new and empowering information about how to solve addiction for good without steps, meetings, rehabs, or being labeled for life. If you're struggling or you love someone who is, then this masterclass is for you. To enroll in this free one-hour class, click the link provided or go to thefreedommodel.org and choose the date and time that works for you. See you at the masterclass. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Addiction Solution. I'm Michelle Dunbar. And I'm Mark Sharon. And we wrote The Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap with our colleague, Stephen Slate, and also The Freedom Model for the Family. Um, and just in case, we always got to remind you, in case you don't know and you're new to the podcast, um, we offer a free one-hour Move Past Addiction Masterclass every single week. And so, yes, even holiday weeks, we will make sure we have master classes for you. Yeah, we fit them in. And this is for the families and for the substance user. Yes. And or, right? Yeah. Um, so if you if you have a family that's concerned, if you're a family member that's concerned, it's a great master class. Yeah, it's great for, for showing you exactly how to solve the problem for good for Good, because you can. Most people don't know that. That's right. All right. So what we're going to talk about today is, you know, it's it's interesting because there are a lot of people that have solved their problem with the Freedom Model. And there's more and more people and there. They reach out to us uh, by email or um, by, you know, in our Facebook groups yep. and in social media. And, and they're so grateful that they've solved the problem. But they have somebody they know and love that is still kind of struggling and still maybe, maybe kind of stuck with the idea that if they just did AA the right way, they could, they could get it and solve the problem instead of opening their mind to the possibility they could solve it differently. Right. So a lot of people are asking us, what, what do I do? How do I, how do I help this person, uh, to, to solve the problem in their life. What does the freedom model say about that? Yeah. So the first thing that, that we have a chapter on autonomy, right? And autonomy is the idea that uh, each human being is, is their own individual with their own mind and their own ideas about their life, their own ideas about what they like, their likes, dislikes, relationships, view of the world, perspectives, all of that is contained within that individual. And we live in a culture specifically in the West where we tend to, well, everywhere in the world, I think it's human nature to want to control each other, 
Yeah. And um, sometimes even to the point of manipulation or force, right, to behave in certain ways. And it causes tremendous conflict. So I don't think today's talk is necessarily about really the hardcore forcing, although it can be, you know, you, you can have somebody who's who's really pushing somebody to go to rehab, maybe a, a mother, father for their son or daughter or a spouse or whatever can go any which direction. Sometimes the kids, we deal with a lot of times where kids are manipulating their, their drinking parent or their drug taking parent and forcing them and using the grandkids as collateral. Oh yeah. Right? We've got a lot of that. Yeah. That's, that's pretty common. So, so there's this, this lack of understanding of, um, understanding someone's autonomy and recognizing that you too are autonomous as a family member. And maybe your views don't match the views of the other person. And, and that's, that, that's one of those realities that's hard to deal with because mm -hmm. frankly, people are going to do what they want to do. They are. And no matter what you say, um, that's not to say you can't have a conversation or, uh, a change in the relationship based on your needs. Um, but it has to first come from a place where you understand this person is going to do what they're going to do. Yet, whenever we get somebody that calls us or emails us that says, you know, my, my spouse, my child, my parent has a drinking problem. I always want to qualify that. And, and so I always have to ask a few questions because look at there's infinite, um, circumstances and situations and, and that this can take on, you know, different flavors. So I don't take for granted. Whereas if you were to call a treatment program and say, oh, you know, my parent has a drinking problem, they would take that at face value and instantly talk to you about how you can force them to go to rehab. Yeah. No qualifications. Yeah. No fine. But my question is always. What makes you say that? Why do you think they have a problem? Because I want to get your perspective. And then, and then I want to know, does this person think they have a problem? Now, a lot of people get a little defensive with that mm -hmm. question yep. because they're like, it's almost as if the other person's opinion on whether they have a problem is irrelevant, right? Well, I believe it's a problem. So it's a problem. No, I mean, yes, it's a problem for you. Okay, you have a problem with the way this person is drinking or using drugs, but it's irrelevant to whether that person is going to change. That's my point. Yeah, whether they're going to be seeking help. Yes. Um, that has to be a decision that's independent of the other party. And I think that when we create this illusion of connective tissue that we can manipulate people or coerce people or, um, you know, sort of manipulate them into a scenario where they're forced to go to rehab or something like that. Once you get into that world, boy, you want to watch relationships turn into conflict laden misery. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's where that goes because people don't like, they know they're being manipulated. It's not, it's not like they're saying I want help. Another thing that you do, Michelle, and this make the point a lot of times, um, Michelle takes a lot of the calls. And so she'll get a call from a, a family member and they'll say, you know, John, my husband needs help. And Michelle will ask, well, d does John want to talk to me? Yeah. 
you know, in a lot of cases, the answer is no. Well, then John doesn't really want help right now. And there's not much anybody can do. Now, that's not to say that the family has to accept right. that uh, they need to be affected by that. They can they can decide to change their situation um, to not have to partake in that person's craziness, right? Because sometimes drinking and drugging breeds a lot of chaos in one's life. Um, so you certainly, as as an autonomous party as well, can decide, you know what, I don't want to partake in that. But you, you say, I'm not going to partake in that, not because it's going to change, John, but right. because you're going to change it for you and you realize I'm autonomous. I get to change my situation. You do you. Yeah. And that's different than um, I'm going to divorce you if you don't drink. Right. Or if you if you continue to drink. Yeah. The, the, you, the, the ultimatums, the forcing people to ultimately look at. You can communicate with someone without all of that nonsense. Okay. There doesn't have to be a, a fight. There doesn't have to be conflict in these kinds of conversations. And I know there are people listening right now who are thinking, well, that's not true. It totally is true. And, and so I do have um, on our website, there is a, a, an ebook, a free ebook that's, uh, I think, Addiction Solutions Family Edition. And unlike our ebook for the Freedom Model for Addictions, which is abridged and it has excerpts from the Freedom Model, the ebook for families is actually specifically about approaching someone and having a conversation that is not um, adversarial in nature, that is not you attacking someone and telling them that they need to change their behaviors. Okay. There are ways to approach people where you're coming from a position of, I'm troubled by this. And, and, and I'm worried about like I'm coming from a position of concern, but also where you maintain your autonomy and you let them maintain their autonomy, which is, these are the things that I, I need in my life to be happier. And this is what's going on with our relationship. And, and it is, it's not, I just, I don't want it in my life. So, um, but I, I'm willing to help you if you if you want help. Now you can also approach someone by actually asking them the questions, right? Just being curious. Yeah. Yeah. I, the thing about, the thing about family relationships is you fall into these, these games that people play. Mm. And I think that it's, it can be really hard not to play the same roles. And in our, in our family masterclass that we've done in the past, that was specifically for, for families, we talk about it as a power play. Yeah. So you have this, this game you play that's, that's, you know, a manipulation of power. And everybody in the world understands how to play these games because human beings are very good at them and they're very destructive. Um, we think we're winning when we get our way. And really what it does is it pulls people apart. Yep. And, and I watched my entire family disintegrate when my mom went to AA when I was just a little boy. And then slowly... Therapy, power play therapy, uh, where everybody was pointing at everybody. Everybody was going to see a therapist. Um, everybody mm -hmm. was trying to manipulate each other. 
uh, to, to behave as they wanted. Um, and it was worse than when we were just a family, kind of a screwed up, fucked up family, <laughs> you know, well, you it know, really was, it, it was, it, it was, it was manipulation on steroids all in the name of therapy, you know? Um, it was craziness. Yeah. I want to talk about th family therapy and couples therapy and things like that for just a minute. If you are seeing a therapist to improve relationships and they are telling you're spending your time in therapy, talking about the other person's behavior, fire that therapist. That is not helpful because you don't have control over how that person behaves. You only have control over how you receive it and what your responses are and how you behave and how you think. And so I, like, I, I'm not, I'm not a huge, like when people tell me they're going to couples therapy and every, they're together going to couples therapy, by and large, that is all an abysmal failure because the therapist can't help but take a side. You're, you you become biased and you're in a therapy to try and change each other's behavior. The only good therapy is a therapy that helps you to change your perspectives, your thinking, and your behavior because that's all you can do. That's all you can control. It's a weird thing. It's, it's, a, it's a paradox because our we're trained as human beings to control each other. Yeah. We're trained from birth. And let me explain how that works. When you're a little kid, um, your parents or the people around you protect you from running out into the, you know, highway. They protect you from choking on your food. They can protect you from all these different things. Right. And it's based in power. The child knows that the parent has power and, um, eventually though, the, the child becomes much more autonomous and able to express their autonomy. And it's usually in the teen years where you start doing that. And that's sort of that ugly mm -hmm. period where you're still pretty naive, but you're experimenting with becoming an adult. And then eventually you become an adult. And then here's the irony of it. Then you have kids of your own and then you start the power play on them when they're young. But here's the problem. The parents of the original child continue the power play into adulthood. Because nobody ever came along and said, you got to let go. Nobody ever said it in, in very uncertain terms or certain terms, I should say. They, they said, you know, do you know that you have no control over that person? And when you say that to somebody, they say, yeah, but. Yeah, but I really care about them. I don't doubt that you care about them. Right. I care about my family and I worry about my children too. But I do step away and let them make their own decisions. And I do, I literally say to them, I celebrate your autonomy. Do you want my advice for what it's worth? You know, I, and I, I always say I could be wrong because I'm not inside of you. I don't know right. your relationships. I don't know what you're doing 23 hours of the day. So, but, but for what it's worth, here's the wisdom of me at 53. Okay. And, and that, because what I'm saying is I understand that you're your own person now. When you live with people, marriages are more difficult because you're close and you're constantly with each other. And so you have to learn that language um, with children, with adult children that may still be living with you. The question is, should they be? That right. always becomes the question, right? And, and at what point are you as a parent ready to say, I want comfort and my autonomy. I don't want to deal with this anymore. You know what I mean? And, and that's okay to say things like that. So there's just a lot of maybe soul searching, but if you understand autonomy, 
suddenly you realize the only task you have is for you to be happy yourself. Yeah. And then figure out, once you figure out what makes you happy, then you say, how does this other person fit in that? And that's true for a marriage too. If I'm, if I'm a miserable prick with myself, I guarantee that I'm going to put a lot of misery into the person next to me because it's no fun to be around that. So I had to figure out how to be happy myself and let my wife be happy her way and understand her autonomy. And that that's whether you're drinking, drugging in these relationships where substance use is a part of it or not. Frankly, understanding autonomy is necessary for you to have good relationships. It's just the way it is. Here's a good way to measure how well you understand autonomy. And, and, and look at this is a great discussion because the healthiest relationships are people that understand autonomy. Okay. And, and the, the most fulfilling and satisfying relationships. I want you to think about the people that you love, the people that are closest to you right now and think in your mind, I have no idea what's best for them. If you can think that way and really believe it and embrace it, that I don't know what's best for my son. I don't know what's best for my spouse because I'm not them and I'm not in their own mind. That's a tough thing to think about. And especially when you think like I, I've, when I've said this to people, they're like, oh, so it's best for my spouse to be drinking heavily. Right, it's be but, killing themselves, be with killing heroin. themselves with heroin. And I'm like, um, I don't know. You think, you know, and I, you know, clearly it's not best for me, if my spouse is doing that, that's not best for me. Right. And I'm it hurts willing to, me. It hurts right. me. And I'm willing to concede that. But in that person's world, in their autonomous mind, if they think it's best for them, they're going to do it. So there's there's a good way to know whether they believe it's best for them. And it's really quite simple. And I want you to memorize this. You could even write it down if you have a pad of paper. Your actions your behaviors, belie your inner truth. Yes. So people will say, you know, I, I the actions tell the truth, right? And we have these little truisms that people toss around and they don't really think about them. But, but if somebody is sticking a needle in their arm, that didn't happen out of a disease or a disorder. It didn't happen because they're powerless. That's bullshit. That's flat out bullshit. So you yep. need to know that. Um, it's not true. There is no disease of addiction. There is no disorder. Now, a lot of our followers know this, but if we have families on here, they need to know that, you know, and, and if you don't believe that read this book and read this book, come to our masterclass and we will prove it to you. Yeah. This, you know, we've been doing this for 34 years. This isn't some fly by night situation. So, so they're doing that activity because they see benefit in that activity. That's it. And, and you may not understand that. Now I've, I, I've been lucky with my children where we uh, educated them on drugs and substances and the truth, the truth that it's not a disease and all of that. Right. Yeah. And so I don't have those issues, but they're, they certainly have had their own relationship issues with their significant others and uh, maybe some financial issues or whatever it might be. Like life issues, growth, right? life issues when right. you're growing up from an adolescent to an adult. And it's real easy for me as a judgmental parent to say, oh, Jesus Christ, I just wish they would do A, B, C, and D. And my wife will look at me and go, hun, we did all that stuff. Yep. And then I go, huh. And I remember, you know, as, as me and Danielle had moved away from her parents and moved away, I, I never really had parents, but, um, and we've sort of lived our autonomous lives. 
and we were figuring things out and I, I really didn't want anybody's advice. I was just, I was just winging it and I made a lot of mistakes. Mm. I made a lot of mistakes along the way. And, and now I'm in a very comfortable position in my fifties because I learned from all those lessons. That was my path. And so as I see my kids going through their thing, I, my kids are really good. I, I got to say it's 10 times better than I was. Oh um, yeah, for but, sure. <laughs> but I want them, but I want them to be perfect. I want them to have all my wisdom right now, but you know what? They don't want it. And it doesn't work that way. Dude, they're like, can you imagine just walking up and giving unsolicited advice? If you're doing that, you already know the results of it, man. My kids repel from that. Like, like it's arsenic. They're like, dad, hey, they tell me. And I go, I'll shut up. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think I, I intuitively knew that because I repelled from it mm -hmm. with my parents. So, I mean, hardcore because I thought they were all kinds of fucked up. <laughs> they were. I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't need to listen to this. I don't need to listen to this. So, so, you know, I, I, when I would do the two, I would have, would do these two day family workshops that I, I started doing in like 2010. And, um, and I would say when I would say to these families, when you try to tell the person you love what they're thinking, because that's what happens, oh, the what worst. they're thinking, the what they should do, what's best for them. When you're, tr when you're doing that, it not only is it a waste of time. Okay. But that person, then you just made whatever you're telling them not to do seem that much more coveted. Yeah. Valuable. Yep. So, so like, and, and then I'll say, I'll use the example. So you go to the doctor and you find out you, you have high cholesterol and you need to lose 40 pounds. And the doctor says no more cheeseburgers and you love cheeseburgers. The first thing you're going to do when you leave there is go get a damn cheeseburger. A quick story. My husband found out it was very quick that he had to get uh, quadruple bypass surgery. So the night before his surgery, he's in the hospital. They said, you can eat whatever you want. What did he want? Burger King. <laughs> he wanted Burger King. And I'm like, he's in a cardiac unit and I'm going to bring in a bag of Burger King. And when I gave it to him, the nurse looked at him and goes, did the doctor order that? And Bob said, hell yeah, he did. I'm getting new pipes. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like the minute you think I can't have this, I, you want it more. Um, and families get that. Yeah, it's the it's the nature of the positive drive principle. If if uh, if you tell somebody not to have something, um, first of all, they're going to rebel because nobody likes to be controlled. Nope, nobody. So you're going to get an opposite reaction, or you're going to get somebody that's going to do it, be quiet and secretly, and then hate you for it, and, and then right quietly, condescendingly uh, punish you you know, and, uh, and then the relationship takes on a whole different sort of, uh, playing field of, oh, of game. Which we see all the time Yeah, of with, game playing. Yeah. With, you know, there's, there's nothing more damaging to a relationship, especially, uh, like a marriage or, uh, that kind of romantic relationship with having one person be the parent yeah. and the other play the child. Yeah, we see that all the time. So now this doesn't mean that as a family member, you have to agree with that person uh, shooting heroin or drinking themselves no, to death. No, of course not. 
But what it does mean is that you have to decide how you want to handle that for yourself. Yeah. And I, I think that it, it, it's really a case of saying to yourself, how much do I want to participate in this? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't really want to, you know, maybe the answer is I can put up with this and, and it's okay because I, I can, I can see his love for, for alcohol and, and he's not violent and the bills are paid and I, I still love him or her. And, and sometimes that works. I see, I've seen dozens of relationships like that where I grew up with heavy drinkers who got along just fine and they drank uh, till old age um, and had all kinds of behaviors that were bizarre and strange and different habits. And the point is people like the things they like because they're human beings, because they're trying to figure out how to be happy. And in their world, that's what they found at that time. Um, so when it becomes unbearable and you say, I'm going to leave, what you don't say is I'm going to leave and you bet, or you can quit doing the heroin and I'll stay. Yeah. I, that, so, the ultimatum. Yeah. Once you, once you go in that direction, uh, you've created conflict for no good reason. So the, the thing that is hard to figure out is, geez, do, if I leave, am I going to be happier? even if they continue to get high, you know, if, and, and, and not allow myself to see it as competition for my love. You know, when you start making those comparisons that they like heroin more than me, that's not true. You're, you're the one that has to decide just for you, what you're comfortable with just for you, because the only thing you can control is you, you have zero, zero way to manipulate that person to change. You can do it, but you're going to destroy the relationship or create massive power plays and tension within that relationship. Now, some of you, some of you may do that and live your whole lives playing a game with people and the ones you love. And that's a painful way to go through life. Uh, I've seen couples stay together till they were dead, you know, and they hated each other, frankly. Uh, and it was super sad to watch um, when one of them could have just stepped out and said, you know what? You do you. I'm going to do me. And I'm going to go over here and be happy. And you know what? I've seen a lot of people do that. This person goes off and be ha is happy. And then this person after a year or so figures it out and they end up rejoining. But it has, but there's no manipulation. It's just people figuring out what they want for themselves. Well, that's the key. I mean, so we have people that have solved their problem with the freedom model and they're like, oh my God, how do I approach this other person? Can't they just see that I've figured this out? And and I think it's important for you to go back in your mind and, and really look at the process that you took, you know, the learning process. Could somebody have come in and made you see things faster? Could somebody have kind of unsolicited your change, like making new change, unsolicited advice? Would that have made a difference? And so... I think there is a way to communicate. There is a way to say, hey, you know, I see that you might be struggling. Are you struggling? Like ask the question. And if they say, yeah, yeah, I really am. You can, you can say, why don't you check this out or check this out? If you have the online program, have them watch a couple of the videos um, and, and say, did you know you could get over this problem and not have to be totally abstinent? You know, maybe approach it from a way of, 
it's it's difficult to do this, but approach it from a way where the results aren't about you. Does that make sense? Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? The results are about this other person, even though you will, you may, because you love this person, benefit directly from the change. You got to set that aside when you're trying to help someone. You got to set aside that um, this person has to change so I can be happy. Yeah. It's the control thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It always comes back to, to, to a, a way for you to manipulate change in that person when that person may not agree. And all of these things that we do, these games we play, these power plays that we do are geared towards expediency. It's expedient for, for you to control. Control is an expedient way to get what you want. It's another form of lying. We lie to people so that we get what we want without paying a personal price. That's what lying is all about. Um, so, so we have these just really damaging habits. The thing about power plays is all the participants actually know what bullshit it is. Mm-hmm. They all, the, the kid or the spouse that's got the drink and drug problem, they know that this manipulation is a game. And so they play the role. They go to rehab. They play the victim. They say, I'm diseased. I can't stop. They do all this stuff. Nobody's any happier. Yeah. You know, because the person is still dying. They're still struggling They're Now you're out a hundred grand as a family because you sent them to three rehabs and it hasn't worked. And, and you don't, and the point is the frustration level just rises to biblical proportions in the family and then it falls apart anyway. So the question becomes, is there something that's better? And the answer is, yeah, it's, it's figuring out what you want for your life and then quietly or not so quietly say, you know what? I need to do this for me. What you do, you do. You're, you. you're entitled to be happy. Yeah. I'm entitled to be happy. And at Lyrian Psychology, it's called the separation of tasks. My happiness is completely my responsibility. So now I got to figure out what I need to get there. But I, but getting there can't be contingent on someone else's choices and behaviors. Yeah, that's if we were to sum up this whole podcast, that's it when you when you lay out on somebody, you need to do this. The person that you're saying that to automatically knows quietly in the deep recesses of their mind or not so much maybe even flagrantly, they know that you're saying that because you want happiness yourself. Right. And and so they're like it's a type of taking believe it or not, emotional taking. So the person, and, and and we see this with parents that throw guilt on their children. My mom was the queen of guilt throwing. Um, she would cry and her voice would change. Oh, Mark. The, 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 the reaction for me was, I don't want to be anywhere near my mother right now and I can't stand you. And, and I know that's harsh, but I really disliked my mom when she did this because I intuitively knew it was a manipulative task for her to get something from me through a negative motivation called guilt. I didn't want to partake in that. So you know what it did? It repelled me from ever going to see my mother right to the very end. It was super sad. And, but that was her tactic. And those kind of tactics are really, really, really foul. They hurt relationships because it's a form of taking. So, so please understand the person that's being taken from, uh, you know, I just wish you would stop doing heroin. Now, half of the motivation is I I really care as a parent or spouse. I'm scared for you. Uh, Yeah. I don't want you to die. And I love you so much, but half of it is all about this 
makes me uncomfortable and, and unhappy and, and stresses me out. Yeah. And I want you to stop hurting me. Yes. Now, when we get there, we got to really check ourselves because in Adlerian psychology, it's not your responsibility to change that person for you. Yeah. That's not your responsibility. We, that when a kid is three and they're going to run out in the street, control them. That's your responsibility. That's your responsibility. Keeping them safe. But there's that crossover period in adolescence where you let go, man. You got to let go or have a relationship that's based in this game that you play and nobody's happy. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many other aspects to this. I mean, you know, in, in, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I strongly recommend looking up Steven Slate's Ted talk. Yeah. It's um, good one. Uh, it's our relationship to addiction. I think it's, if you just look up Ted talk, Steve Slate, Steven Slate addiction, you'll find it in YouTube. And he's the other author of the freedom model. It's the three of us. Yeah. And he talks about the, the playground effect and you know, this with a, when it comes to heavy substance use, the playground effect goes into full force. It, there's, there's all kinds of, I mean, cause there's so much fear associated with it. There's yeah. over dramatizations and sometimes this power play becomes in and of itself a, an, an addiction of sorts. An activity, an activity that has meaning to all parties. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a distraction from life. You get so looped into those relationships. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah, it becomes literally like a sport, like a, an activity. It becomes the definition of the whole household. Well, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, your household kind of stays in this chaotic, um, where everybody's, everybody's scared and fearful all the time. And it's, but there, but it's almost like in and of itself, it, it feeds itself. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. so the only way to really affect a solution is to find peace and happiness for yourself. That's it. That's it. And then allow people to do what they do. And don't, don't make your love contingent on their behavior. Yeah. Don't make your happiness contingent on their behavior. Find your own happiness. Let them know. Be very verbal. I've found my own happiness. I hope that you have a great life. And, and, but there's always remember there's, we're not saying to break up the relationship. No, nope. in some cases though, you may, you may want to do that because it's really fucking disastrous, right? right. And you know, you can be happier doing that. That's right. Or. Or it may be a mix where uh, you can put up with these things as you're building your life and moving on with it. Um, and you can still love that person unconditionally. There's all kinds of variations. The question is, what makes you happy? Yeah. Because Separate from manipulating them. They're, they're um, I can't think of the word, but th how they behave doesn't matter. Well, here, here's the, the crux of it is... You can't save someone from themselves. That's it. Okay. It That's is it. It, it, you, there is nothing you can say or do, no behavior, no ultimatum, nothing you can say or do that's going to change what that person chooses to do, what that person believes is valuable in their life. You can provide a good power of example. And you can provide the right information. You can provide the right information, but it's up to them to ingest it. 
That's right. And and we make it easy with audio books and all kinds of programs. Uh, the online program is tutorial driven that you can do. There, there's so many ways to get the right information for a substance use problem these days that there's really no excuse that that person can't learn it. Yeah. And so if you provide them the book, if they're a reader or online program, super cheap, and it's a hundred video tutorials and they're a YouTuber, right? It's the same. It, literally, they would have all the information to move on. And then they say, no, I don't want that. Well, then that's a piece of information you can say to yourself, okay, I've tried and I'm going to go over here and do this because I don't want to watch them kill themselves anymore or whatever. I, I don't know what you're going to do, but the point is you get to choose that. But the information exists to solve this problem for good. It's not that it doesn't exist. Now you may have tried rehab. That's the wrong avenue because they teach that they're powerless diseased when they're not. And I need to make that clear. Yeah. Yeah. Do not underestimate the immense power of changing the dynamic of the relationship by allowing this person their autonomy. And you allow your own and autonomy. And you have your own autonomy. Yeah. When you stop putting pressure on this person to change so that you can be happier, so that you don't have to worry, when you stop putting that pressure out there, either overtly or covertly, however you've done it in the past, and you start focusing on, ooh, okay, let me focus, figure out the things I need to be happier in my life and move in that direction. I, I do not underestimate the power that has. Yeah. It frees people to be who they want to be. Yeah. And, and it takes away all the chains that keep you distracted from making your own personal choices. Yeah, exactly. So if you have somebody you love, check out our free, um, our free ebook. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Check it. You can also download this, a digital copy of this book for free on um, thefreedommodel.org with the coupon code FREEDOM100. Or you can go get it on Amazon or Kindle. We don't have an audiobook of it yet because we just haven't, haven't been able to do that yet. But it's a short enough book where you can get through it in a couple of days. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, and the um, master class. And the master class is great. It's a great introduction. It's only an hour. So you can enroll in it, right? You enroll in it. If this person is kind of willing and you're not really sure, maybe you enroll in it and then show them the replay later on. And um, and they can always call us at 888-424-2626. If you're watching, um, you can enroll in the masterclass right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you're watching, if there's you're watching, the QR code. There's the QR code. And um or you can call us the numbers up on the screen. The other thing, we also have private coaching as well. So if you have any questions about our uh, products and services, oh, you can always give us a call. That toll-free number, 888-424-2626, goes directly to Mark and I. And you can go to thefreedommodel.org. And we also have two-day workshops that people come in and, and spend days with me and Michelle. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We've got a lot of different options and we will do a workshop for families yep. um, via Zoom, but it's still private. And so you don't have to fly in here. It's a half a day workshop. We can take you through, uh, geez, we can take you through the whole family program in about a half a day. Yep. Um, so go to our website and you'll see all those different options. That's the freedommodel.org. All right, everybody take care.
Are you struggling with a drug or alcohol problem, but you don't want to go to rehab or group meetings? That's why we created the non-12-step Freedom Model Coaching Program in 2011. Through video conferencing on Zoom or Skype, you can work privately with a certified Freedom Model Coach from your home or office on your schedule. And here's the best part. With the Freedom Model, you'll never be labeled an addict or an alcoholic, and we won't tell you to go to 12-step meetings or hamper your life with endless recovery rituals. Instead, you can learn exactly why addiction isn't a disease and how you can solve the problem for good and move on with your life. Do you want to be completely free from your addiction? Do you want to never have to attend meetings, rehabs, or addiction counseling ever again? And do you want to solve your problem from the comfort of home? Then call us at 888-424-2626 to talk with a Freedom Model coach today and experience the Freedom Model difference.